Right Report, a podcast from the Master Executive Council of JetBlue Alpha for the Union Pilots of JetBlue. Now from New York, Ride Report. Hello, and welcome to the Ride Report podcast from the JetBlue Alpha MEC. Today's topic is government affairs. Please see important legal information regarding restrictions on contributing to the Alpha Pack in the description of this podcast. I'm Mike Kendrick, and I'm filling in for J.R. Hall, who is in training at the moment. Since most of you probably don't know me, allow me to introduce myself. I'm a captain on the 320 and JFK and have been with JetBlue almost 10 years. In 2014, when we unionized, I was the first communication chairman for the JetBlue MEC. After two years, I stepped down as chairman, but remained on the committee as well as working on the fatigue committee. But enough about me. In today's podcast, we are joined by Government Affairs Chairman J.J. Hughes and committee member Royce Flights in order to discuss the details of the Government Affairs Committee and what it does. Happy to be here. Thanks. Uh, First, I'd like each of you uh, to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and the volunteer work you've done with ALPA. Uh, Well, I guess I'll start. I'm uh, J.J. Hughes. I'm a Boston uh, bus captain as well. I've been at JetBlue a little over 16 years, and um, I was the Government Affairs Committee chairperson uh, right after the union got elected on property, and I've done it since then. And uh, we currently have 12 uh, Government Affairs volunteers uh, representing all bases. And uh, they're extremely dedicated individuals, and uh, we're lucky enough to have one of them with us today. Uh, my name is Royce Flights, uh, committee member for our um, Government Affairs Committee. I've been here for uh, nine years, and I'm an uh, Airbus 320 uh, first officer based in Boston. And uh, Royce, how long have you been with uh, the Government Affairs Committee? Um, I've been uh, probably about a little over four years now, um, you know. When I got here at JetBlue, um, prior to ALPA, I got involved in the Veterans Initiatives. Great. And um, I live in the I live in the Washington D.C. area, and uh, just um, a convenient and uh, very passionate about government affairs and uh, the constant learning curve. Fantastic, great. All right. Uh, before we get into details, uh, one of you paint a broad picture of what the Government Affairs Committee does for those who may not know. Yeah, the committee as a whole, uh, and this is uh, JJ again, um, and I in particular, are more or less a conduit. Uh, We are tasked with promulgating uh, ALPA national policy regarding government affairs from ALPA to the pilot group, uh, keeping the pilots informed, uh, again, about current issues, uh, upcoming issues as well, and legislative status. And then on the other uh, side of the coin, We all uh, do advocacy on behalf of our pilots and ALPA pilots in general uh, with legislators, uh, either in D.C. or in the various districts. And then thirdly, uh, we oversee um, specific legislative issues uh, issues on on behalf of uh, ALPA National, i.e. district advocacy, uh, calls to action, and ALPA PAC. Okay, great. What uh, what have been some uh, successes of ALPA? Well, I would say recently, uh, clearly, the uh, allocation of the payroll support funds during the coronavirus pandemic would be would be the most obvious and clear and significant 
success. Alpha was directly involved. Um, it's it's hard to overstate the importance of the payroll support program. Uh, never before was there uh, money allocated in any kind of a situation that would go that was designed from the ground up to go straight to airline employee salaries, not necessarily operational expenses for airlines or or other payments, whether it be leases or or um, real estate. It was going directly to the paychecks of airline employees. Right. And additionally, uh, it was stipulated that as this money is being dispersed, contracts could not be abrogated. Um, airline managements had to observe all the other facets of individual contracts while this is going on. Uh, again, Alpha was directly involved in this. Uh, and uh, again, I, I, I would classify that as a clear, clear success and the most relevant. I mean, there are others, but Clearly, even now, the pandemic is on everyone's mind. Sure is, and I appreciate that. Um, so let's uh, focus on Alpha Pack. Uh, what exactly is it, and why is it important to us as Alpha members? Alpha Pack, the political action committee for Alpha, is the um, legislative advocacy arm of the association. Uh, there are uh, professional lobbyists at Alpha. There's uh, government affairs staff, and then there are pilot volunteers. Alpha PAC is actually what enables us as volunteers to gain access to decision makers to advocate for the issues that are, are currently in front of the association. Um, it is a, kind of the door opening mechanism, if you will, to the decision making process. And uh, it is essential that it is um, active that it is well-funded and that uh, we maintain our visibility. Um, other airlines uh, have uh, uh, contribute to the pack just, uh, just like we do. A couple of airlines have their own, pa own pack, the, um, their pilots as well. So again, it is how um, we gain access to uh, relay our priorities and our um, concerns to those who make the laws that will eventually affect our careers. Great. And uh, since we're talking about that, we haven't heard much about PAC over the last several months. Uh, can you uh, take us further detail why it's been a little quiet? Sure. Um, for, for a reason that may not be completely obvious, but when you think about it, it, it is certainly uh, relevant. With the onset of the coronavirus pandemic, um, there were an awful lot of folks that, quite frankly, were worried about their jobs. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, everyone was worried about health. Secondly, with the drastic pull down in schedules um, and, and the subsequent uh, financial uh, distress experienced by all the airlines, um, we as uh, the PAC representatives to our airline, and, and, and this view was shared by other airlines as well, just did not think it was necessarily appropriate to talk about the political action committee at that time. However, you know, it's hard to say that everyone's out of the woods yet with the coronavirus pandemic, but I think it's, it is safe to say that, you know, uh, certainly jobs are more secure than they were six months ago. I think everyone would agree, would agree with that. Sure. And since that's the case, it is time to start the discussion again. And so, again, that's why we, were, we, were, we made a conscious decision to not necessarily engage about the pack during the, you know, uh, the majority of the coronavirus crisis. 
But again, as the corner seems to be getting turned a little bit, we're uh, we're starting up again. Okay. And and speaking of that, since we it, and you're right, it does appear that we seem to be turning the corner on this. Uh, as hopefully we continue to resume and work our way back to a normal schedule. What are some of the issues you think PAC is, uh, or that PAC is involved with as we move out of the pandemic? Well, again, it, it's it's issues that government affairs will deal with, and the PAC is more or less the tool by which we access those uh, decision makers regarding those issues. So, upcoming issues that government affairs and, uh, as a corollary, the PAC will be involved in, primarily going forward, um, the issue of flags of convenience. Uh, we heard a lot about that term a couple of years ago, especially uh, with uh, Norwegian Air uh, International and Norwegian Air Shuttle. Uh, Norwegian itself, their long haul subsidiary has uh, pretty much ceased operations. However, their former CEO uh, is now in the process of starting another airline uh, called Norse Atlantic Airways. Um, they're still in their infancy, I think, securing funding and, uh, and uh, uh, operating certificates, things like that, aircraft. But uh, it would appear, at least, that they are going to pursue the same type of hiring practice that was engaged in by Norwegian Air International, i.e. overseas contract employees uh, skirting labor laws in countries that, uh, that, that would prohibit such activity. Um, there is a bill being prepared um, and uh, in, uh, to counter this, and uh, a letter was written by uh, Congressman Peter DeFazio and also um, Congressman Rick Larson. Uh, Congressman DeFazio is the chair of the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, and Congressman Larson is the uh, chair of the Aviation Subcommittee. And that letter was drafted to the new Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, urging him to not grant Norse Atlantic an operating certificate. So that issue is kind of front and center right now, and it will be progressing through the year. We will be following it closely. And if, if I had to describe one that would be most important, I think it would be that one. There are several other issues. Um, I know that they're talking about uh, trying to codify or or um, uh, provide more specific guidance and direction for joint ventures. I know that uh, there's discussions about uh, protecting uh, retirement contributions or the amount that one can uh, contribute. And then there are issues that have been um, uh, ongoing that are just not resolved yet. Uh, the uh, secondary barrier issue is certainly one that, that we thought was more or less concluded in the last um, uh, aviation funding uh, episode. However, um, some airlines and manufacturers are trying to interpret it one way and, and when clearly the intent of the legislation was a different way. So we're trying to get that ironed out as well. Um, there's also the ongoing issue of uh, cargo flight duty time limitations, um, batteries, hazardous cargo, so there, there's quite a lot on our plate. Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, JJ, if I could get you just to circle back real quick to uh, flag of convenience. It's been, kind of, like we said, it's been kind of quiet lately. Uh, a few of our listeners may not know 
what flag of convenience means. And would you mind just giving a little background on that? Sure. Um, the concept actually was was uh, they tried to codify it in a previous bill um, uh, to actually describe or, or more or less make a definition of it. Uh, it would be the idea of um, basing a company. It doesn't necessarily have to be an airline. This this was longstanding practice in the um, maritime shipping industry, which was literally decimated in the United States because of this. Basically having a company um, where its primary center of business might be in one location, yet they base their operations on paper in another location with the specific intent of circumventing uh, labor practices and labor laws that would have been more restrictive to them had they been uh, administratively based where they actually operate. So in the case of Norwegian Air International, while, while uh, the vast, vast majority of their operations were out of Norway, uh, they were basing themselves out of Ireland with the express intent of circumventing the more restrictive European labor laws. Does that uh, more or less answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just wanted a quick background. Um, you guys have been doing this for a while. There, there must be some misconception or common themes of pushback on the pack. Can you go into those? Sure. Uh, there are several. Um, I would say one is that uh, the pack just more or less blanket. Uh, well, I, I would say in it, how I hear it specifically from from someone who's suspicious, they would say, oh, all you want is just going to go to one political party. And, and they would assume that it would happen to be uh, Democrats. Um, and that is just simply not true. There are uh, advocacy groups out there that do uh, contribute the vast, vast majority of their money to one political party just because of the nature of what they're advocating for. The uh, National Education Association uh, fund is the PAC for uh, many teachers. They uh, historically have given the overwhelming majority of their money towards uh, Democratic legislators. Um, on the other hand, uh, an outfit like uh, perhaps the National Rifle Association uh, Institute for Legislative Action, that's, uh, that's their lobbying arm. They, as one might expect, lean heavily towards the Republican side of legislation. However, Alpha PAC, during the 2019 and 2020 uh, election cycle, was about a 60-40 split, which for a labor-backed PAC is stunningly bipartisan. I mean, absolutely stunningly bipartisan. And this is known in political circles. You, you, you don't get out the PAC's ear just because you're either a Democrat or a Republican. So that, that would be one example, I think, of, of, of a misconception. I also... Royce, go ahead, please. Yeah, I also, um, when you think of more like almost a grassroots level, when you talk about the Alpha Pack, and you're on the Hill, seeing is believing. And when you talk about flags of convenience, secondary barriers, and even the um, the weight of the um, the PSP packages, I think it's very hard to wonder how those successes came without seeing the uh, the hard work of Alpa National and the actual recognition of the lawmakers uh, with our presence uh, on the Hill in the Senate or the House of Representatives. And I think that's, uh, I think you can uh, really give those accolades to the Alpha Pack and how they've built the foundation and a strong 
um, yet uh, very simple process where we actually take ALPA pilots and we put them in front of their lawmakers, uh, their senators, their congressional district, uh, men or women. Um, so it's much more personable. And I think when you do that, the, the interaction is much more powerful because these three major things, like when you talk about the flags, conveniences, and second period, these are reoccurring uh, almost nightmares for us where we have to be res- relentless and we use all available tools um, and the utmost professionalism to make sure that we are heard uh, both in the Senate and the House of Representatives. Thank, uh, thank goodness for Royce, um, because, uh, and this is why it's hard to be a member of the Government Affairs Committee, because I typically talk all day long and don't give anyone else a chance. So thank goodness for <laughs> Royce can, uh, can interject a little bit. Um, and he brings up a great point, not, not, not to stray from the uh, discussion of misconceptions, but I, I feel like I need to elaborate on one thing. Uh, and and he, he touched on it. Uh, there literally is no more influential presence in the halls of Congress than an airline pilot in uniform. And that is not an exaggeration. Um, eh, primarily because 98% of the members of Congress commute back and forth from their home districts to DC by an airliner. When we bring issues to them, it's completely relevant. They understand what it's like to be number 30 or so in line for takeoff somewhere, or they understand the issues with security. They understand the issues with slotting, with scheduling and all that. They, they don't understand them to the depths that we can explain it to them, but, they, but it's relevant to them. And that's very important because a lot of advocacy groups, depending on what they're representing, it might be something that, that, that a member just doesn't know anything about or, or hasn't heard about or needs an education from the ground up on. Whereas with our situation, doing what we do, they totally understand what we're talking about. We are taken seriously and we are listened to. Now, they may disagree with a position we have on an issue. They may need um, more information or, or convincing about how to solve a particular problem. But uh, everything we say is taken seriously. It is heard, and uh, they will always act on it. And of course, our our job is to try to get them to act in a way favorable to us. So uh, I appreciate Royce bringing that up. Um, I guess another misconception I've heard in the past is the idea that you know if you give money to a pack, any pack, whether it be Alpha Pack or somebody else, you're just throwing money out there in the ether, and and hoping that it lands where it needs to go. And and, and that is just quite simply not true. Um, in the case of Alpha Pack, there is a very specific, scripted, uh, purposeful vetting process for where the money goes. Uh, typically, a member will actually contact the pack themselves, or one of their staff perhaps will contact Alpha Pack, expressing interest in Alpha Pack support. Uh, at that time, they will be given a very uh, comprehensive questionnaire to answer as far as where their views might lie, whether they align with Alpha's or not, on uh, specific issues. That questionnaire is submitted back, and as long as it's favorably um, viewed, then uh, typically uh, they will schedule an interview with this member, and that interview is typically conducted by a line pilot, um, typically in conjunction, again, with, with a representative, whether it be one of the lobbyists for Alpha or someone from their uh, government affairs staff or the PAC coordinator. 
But again, a formal interview is conducted and they dive deeper into these issues just to make sure uh, that both parties understand where each other are on, on these issues. I'm assuming that goes well. Then uh, the results of that are brought back to the PAC steering committee, which is staffed by uh, Alpha pilots. And the committee will make a will take a formal vote on whether to support this member. So the point is, it, it is a very, very specific process. And it's just the idea that that the money's going nowhere, just getting thrown against the wall to see where it sticks is just quite simply not true. I think, uh, you know, there's there's a couple of others, but those would be the main misconceptions that I think I hear um, on a routine basis. Well, thanks, JJ. I was going to ask you about how uh, the money is vetted or the members are vetted. Well, since we've dispelled all the misinformation and now that all of our listeners want to donate, how can we do it? And uh, are there different levels of donation? Yes, in fact, Mike, thank you very much. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very hopeful that all our members want to contribute to the PAC now. Uh, there are levels uh, of uh, donation. I don't have the specific ones in front of me. I know there's a coffee club uh, level donation. There's a president's circle. There's another one uh, in there as well. And it goes all the way up to the banky circle level. And there, again, there are different levels uh, within that. For example, I think a coffee club might be uh, from $1 to $99 per year. Whereas the top, uh, the president's circle, I believe, is uh, above $500 to $999 a year. The banking circle is $1,000 or greater. And again, I think I'm, I'm missing one as well. But uh, it's important to understand, um, we're not asking for the world here. Uh, you don't, you're not restricted to a specific amount. Uh, one could theoretically donate $5 a month if they want to. Uh, you could donate $1 a month. Um, the percentage of participation of members is just as important as the amount of money uh, collected. So again, if, if, if $5 is what one might be comfortable with, then please, we would gratefully accept that. Um, you get right on the uh, alpa.org website, you click on the advocacy, advocacy tab, and uh, you'll see the different ways to donate. I myself do it through a credit card, just like I would pay my like cable bill or something like that. And, uh, and that's how I contribute. So it's very easy to do, um, and you can increase, decrease contributions at your, you know, at your own discretion. And um, uh, again, it's it's extremely convenient, and it, it will be gratefully accepted. You know, when you talk about the the amount of money to donate to the pack, know how many minimal or uh, how much you know you decide that's important for you to donate. I think the most important thing, just like JJ said, is donate something. And you know, one of my buddies, um, I texted him last night, and I said. Hey, do you know to the Alpha Pack? And he says, it's a no-brainer. It's the price of a cup of coffee. And when you think about the last year looking back and the value of uh, Alpha Pack and the presence of Joe DePete at co committee and subcommittee hearings um, and the fact that they really wanted the intel from him, and you look at the constant threat of flags of convenience and the safety threat of secondary barriers and the relentlessness of safety issues um, and uh, the future viability of our industry, it's just hard to understand why you wouldn't donate at least the price of a coffee to the Alpapag arm. Okay. Great. And if a pilot has a question or concerns about the PAC or any other government affairs issue, how can they contact you? Uh, well, my um, personal email 
and my personal cell phone number are on the JB Alpha Government Affairs webpage. I would entertain uh, any question from anyone at any time. The numbers there, there's not, it's not company numbers or anything like that. It's my own cell phone. It's my own email. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm perfectly to answer anything directly or um, anyone with a question could speak to one of the other uh, government affairs members and they are listed on the government affairs page, again, of B6 Alpha. Uh, if someone's in your base and you're more comfortable speaking with that person, by all means, please go ahead and find them and do so. So the you know the information is accessible, and like I said, if you know if, if all else fails, call my cell phone, and I will get back to you. Great, and you guys been great today. So uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, before we do, though, I'd like to ask if uh, each one of you, if you have anything you would like to add or or expand on. Yeah, one of the uh, one thing that I like to expand on is uh, in closing is, um, you know, one year when we were uh, on the hill. Um, there was a, uh, a senator that was walking across the, um, taking a shortcut and heading to the Senate, and he was with his contingency, and he stopped us for a second. And the aides were really did not want him to stop. He was needed to be somewhere, and he looked at us in uniform and said, "What is Alpa doing uh, doing here this this week?" And they're like, "Well, you know," he's like, "No, I want to know the issues that you hear." So we quickly bullet pointed the um, the senator real quickly and informed him that we'd eventually be in his office in the next day or two, but the recognition and the, the fact that we see this, um, uh, this recognition or just respect is something that goes far beyond, uh, the, the, the physical donation. And, um, I think the appreciation, uh, for the safety of our industry is something that's very important to our lawmakers, uh, as we continue to make a difference, um, for, for our future in our industry. Oh, that is impressive. Um, yeah, I'll just close very quickly with uh, a quote that I've heard a lot, um, and I, I, but it sometimes uh, fades into the background. And I think, it, but I think it's very relevant, especially uh, right now. That um, in this industry, our jobs uh, lie at the foot of those at the negotiating table. They're the ones who determine how our jobs are going to be day to day, and their job is extremely important. However, our careers, uh, the future of our industry, of our avocation, of our profession, lies in DC. And we're the ones who are trying to advocate for the viability of this industry going forward into the future. Uh, the national uh, arm of the union, they have a extensive government affairs staff, they have professional lobbyists, they have attorneys, they have a, a very, very well-oiled machine of a system to make this happen. But where the rubber meets the road is the pilot advocates. And the tool that ties all this together is Alpha PAC. All of these things can work, but they're only going to work as well as the amount of funding and the strength of the pack. And I guess I would just wrap it up finally by saying, there are people out there that are advocating for our interests in our industry, but they need your help. And I am asking for it. Well, I would like to take this time and thank uh, everyone here, uh, JJ Hughes and uh, Royce Flights. I would like to especially thank all the listeners out there for being engaged. And we hope you enjoyed this broadcast. 
Right Report, a podcast from the Master Executive Council of JetBlue Alpha for the union pilots of JetBlue.